Hello and welcome to IQEQ's Real Estate Focus, our dedicated podcast series where we hear from industry experts on the latest trends and hot topics within the real estate sector. I'm your host, Tom Miller. Technology is proving to be the answer to many of the challenges faced by funds and companies today. PropTech trends were already influencing the UK real estate market, but it seems COVID-19 may be accelerating things to help drive the market forward post-pandemic. For today's episode, we're delighted to welcome Charles Kerrigan, who will help us shed light on this interesting subject. Charles is a partner at CMS Law in London, where he acts on finance and technology transactions and projects. The Blockchain Industry Landscape Overview 2018 names Charles as one of the UK's leading influencers on blockchain. And he's the UK recommended lawyer for blockchain and digital technology in the UK Parliament Hub. Charles also chairs the Technology Working Group for the Association of Real Estate Funds, or ARES. So he knows a thing or two about PropTech, our focus for today. Hi, Charles, and thank you, for, thank you very much for joining us today. Hello, Tom. Thank you. So, Charles, could you begin by telling us and our listeners a little about ARES Tech Working Group, why it was set up, what it does, and who else is involved? Sure. So, um, ARES is the Association of Real Estate Funds, and it has been around for some time now. Um, the senior management set uh, priorities from time to time, and I guess unsurprisingly, one of the recent priorities is technology. Uh, so, I was asked to a chair a group that would look at technology from a practical perspective. Uh, what kind of issues are RF members facing? How can we provide an education service? And how could we showcase some of the technology solutions that are in the market that could be relevant to members? Um, there are about uh, 15 of us, so it's a relatively large group. And the purpose of that is to get uh, a good range of members feeding into it. Um, the tricky thing about technology is that there's no one size fits all and different stakeholders have different views of what's useful. So we've got um, members represented from large funds through to relatively new small size funds, professional advisors, consultants, everybody who's a member should have some um, uh, representative on the group. Thank you, Charles. So, what are your views on prop tech? Uh, do you think it will revolutionise the real estate sector, or is it just a natural progression that multiple sectors are seeing? Um, I want to say both. <laughs> not a not an obvious answer to the question. So, um, I think it is ultimately revolutionary in the same way that we uh, we see most substantial businesses now describe themselves as technology businesses and and generally with good reason the issue with technology is that um, becoming a technology business is easier said than done and there are lots of large technology projects that struggle to be successful. So um, so I think it is revolutionary, but I'll probably focus my answer to the question more on 
the natural progression part of it, um, where there is steady progress. And I think one of the um, general points of technology is that it takes a bit of time and it costs some money. So what you need to do is have success stories early and build on those. Start with small things. And um, one of the things that I have been involved is um, working with relatively small companies that provide services to uh, the kind of um, businesses that are members of RF and identify particular problems that can be solved by a product. So something that you can almost buy off the shelf and it works right, right out of the box. Um, and those types of things tend not to be grand overarching um, technologies, but the kind of thing that just addresses a, a specific issue. And I, I can give some examples of, of businesses that I um, work with that are, that are relevant to that question. Um, there's a business called Signatize that provides um, signatory management services. So uh, an example of something that has always been analog, signatures in a book going online. And the, the story I think of a lot of PropTech is the move from analog to digital of things that are relatively easily digitalized, um, but, but so far haven't yet been. So we've got signatory management. There are other businesses that provide um, uh, share capital management services, a company called Globacap, even software that allows everybody in a business to produce structure charts. They're a company called StructureFlow. So I, I'm, um, I'm describing here relatively small businesses. And one of the things that we try to do through this um, work is, is provide a bit of profile to small businesses. If there's a customer with a need and a product to fill it, that works best for any sort of technology adoption. Um, one of the problems with technology is that it's impressive and interesting. So we have a tendency to talk about the technology too much and, and not talk about the customer enough. Oh, that's interesting. And of course, products like those are applicable and useful beyond just the property sphere. Looking specifically at the real estate sector, what role do you think PropTech will play both in terms of immediate recovery from COVID-19 disruptions and building long-term resilience to any future turbulence? Um, it's a hard question, I think, because we are some way from understanding the return to the office, if I, if I think about it in those terms. So um, I, I'm reminded by that question of a conversation I had about um, 12 or so years ago when the development that we were looking at was property derivatives and that was something that um, the subject of uh, a fair bit of conversation but relatively little transactions and I was in a meeting with the CEO of um, an investor and we were listening to a presentation from someone who was explaining the benefits of property derivatives and we got to the end of the presentation the CEO said this is absolutely terrific I really can understand the value of that but the problem is 
my company is invested in West End commercial property. And that's all we do. So we go up and down with the cycle. And if people want more exposure to West End commercial property, they can buy more shares. And if they want less exposure, they can sell shares. Um, and it revealed to me, I think, a, uh, a very clear point about uh, identifying what the market wants in whatever context you're looking. And, and I think we first need the market to settle and identify um, how the return to work goes in the office, what the new um, uh, uh, landlord and tenant requirements are. I, I'm certain that the PropTech will be able to um, provide benefits in delivering those answers, but I don't think it can predict the answers yet. I think we need to see what happens on the ground and sort of fill in from there. Um, but uh, yeah, there are there are examples where you, you could just follow the logic of the technology into, um, let's say, warehouses and logistics centers where they are, um, you know, there are relatively few people working in them. So technology can operate perfectly well in buildings without many people in them, but I don't think that's what we're aiming for here. So the, the, the other theme that I think always floating around in conversations about technology is, is the sort of ethics of the use of technology, always taking uh, from the, the prop tech industry approach, taking an ethical approach to whatever it is that we're looking to do. So it's a, uh, I think a long-winded way of saying I don't know, um, but I think we'd start with the, um, the, the, the requirements that the human beings have and put the technology around that, and that, that will get us the best solution. I think your answer is very much aligned to what, what uh, a lot of people are saying and hearing. So, for example, in our first podcast, we interviewed BNP's um, head of real estate research, uh, Stephanie McMahon, who touched about prop tech in, the, in relations to office space, things like automatic doors, monitoring of traffic of people, air quality. Uh, but again, she similarly to what you're saying, until we uh, have a kind of a new norm or experience it, we can't. We're not seeing vast changes, and obviously, the the, the um, all the medical uh, advances can change how technology should influence. So, in the ethics part, perhaps, is there a couple of points that are continuously um, being raised in your discussions, Charles? Or is it the same points we're hearing? Uh, so I, I think a new thing um, that I am hearing more is, uh, and apologies, I, I think it hasn't yet got a term, but, but whether it's safety tech or safe tech or something like that, the, um, the difference between the real estate sector and many other of the sectors that have um, had this accelerating digitalization in the sector is that there is uh, self-evidently 
uh, part of the real estate sector that you will never be able to digitalize and that's the buildings so we are still dealing with physical spaces here i think one of the advances that is getting attention from so many businesses that i see is um uh, the, the safety um, aspects of both construction and existing buildings. And, and it's one of the things when we talk about prop tech, we're often talking about software and some of the things that you described that um, smart buildings can identify when there are people in rooms and therefore the rooms might need less heating because of the body heat of the occupants and when the people leave and respond to those sort of things in terms of the sort of ambient environment. Um, I quite like to look at physical technology in this context as well, the hardware. Uh, and there's a, a company called Verton that I work with that provides a, um, a piece of hardware that makes cranes operate more safely. So if you see a crane on a windy day, it needs a lot of clearance. It's um, um, it's operating with someone standing underneath it, holding the rope to ensure that things aren't swinging around too much. So this this new business has looked at the um, uh, the, the safety implications of that and developed hardware that makes it possible for uh, the person who stands underneath the crane to be further away and not physically holding on to it. So this um, aspect of, of, of real estate that sometimes um, little talked about, that, that real estate and real estate development is a somewhat dangerous thing. And uh, the regulators who look at this are concerned to ensure that standards are met and to the extent that there are technology developments that can improve them, that the industry takes those on. And so that, that I think, is a good example of, of something where we're sort of bringing um, safety uh, to the fore in, in response to that, that point around ethics. Thanks, Charles. And to uh, ask you a question with your transactional hat, we're seeing a lot more of our clients doing in, uh, in more enhanced due diligence, and DD is becoming more vital and a lot of our clients in the industry are looking at ways of more effectively managing that what about prop tech specifically does prop tech have a role to play to facilitate enhanced due diligence in real estate uh certainly yeah all technology um is about information one way or another um uh, a lot of my background is in fintech as well and fintech develops because if we boil it right down banks are basically doing two things they're doing payments and they're doing um, intermediation of capital and they're both information problems um, payments you're trying to get information from a, a sender to a receiver via whatever system the um, the value transfers down and intermediation of capital you're you're trying to solve the information problems that are inherent in any market. So technology manages information. Due diligence is pretty 
straightforward as a use case for those sort of things. So I think we'll see this develop over time, first in the sense that more information can be measured, captured, stored, um, and made available. Then I think we get to a next stage where we've got an amount of information that means if you run the algorithms across the information, you're getting better insights. So artificial intelligence is, is just a prediction machine. It generates um, human type insights from a, uh, a mathematical um, um, starting point. And we'll see that one of the things that will be very intimately connected with PropTech is the Internet of Things. So this connectivity and devices in parts of buildings and, and measuring, maintaining lots, lots of aspects of that. So again, it's generating um, more information and so much information that it can't sensibly be reviewed by human reviewers anymore. Uh, and therefore, you've sort of got this virtuous circle, in a sense, of the diligence that you're performing on assets is now diligence based on more information captured more accurate, accurately, measured more regularly, and tested by the algorithm in a more insightful way. So I, I would certainly say that whatever it is you're looking to diligence around real estate assets, um, PropTech will have a, a bundle of solutions for that. And I think it's really interesting that you mentioned on the data because another thing it could do is it could enable additional value-add decision-making on top of that specific investment, so for the life cycle of that asset. So that's a really interesting point. Yeah. Charles, lastly, um, how is PropTech keeping up with the current market uh, rate of change and the increased demand? And perhaps I can ask you a, a cheeky final question on top of that. Um, what are the biggest developments you anticipate in the next 12 months to come out of this specific sector? Uh, right, development. So if that's a cheeky question, then I, I might um, risk a cheeky answer. <laughs> so, um, this, this one's a bit self-serving. My background is ultimately corporate finance. So the thing that I am most interested and hopeful in over the next 12 months is um, adoption of digital assets. So uh, what we're describing here is the ability to um, digitalize the, the underlying representation of the interest in the building, whether that's a, a share in a corporation that's holding the asset or whether it's directly in relation to a real estate asset itself or um, there are many variations on that theme, but, but the overall theme is that we now have a bunch of relatively new businesses um, that, that operate in the digital assets world. They take conventional assets, let's say a share in a company, and they tokenize it, to use the language that they prefer, such that a digital asset representing that share in a company and ultimately in the property is created. So why bother 
Well, th this is again part of the uh, move from analog to digital. And with digital assets, there is a, a cost and efficiency benefit in being able to bring investors onto that platform where those assets are traded, have better price discovery, so particularly in a market for private assets. The markets are not well served um, because it's difficult to get the breadth of investors into the market. It's difficult when they are there to give a level of transparency in relation to pricing and trading and similar. So the ultimate aim of digital assets is to provide a more cost-effective way of, of delivering conventional financing and, and, um, and corporate transactions, but in a way that um, allows for greater pools of investors, greater availability of information, um, again, ultimately a democratization of the industry so that it's possible to trade in smaller shares in these assets, that it's possible to trade more globally, that it's possible to trade round the clock. What are these benefits or so-called benefits we're still trying to work out? But I, I think that there's no question um, the uh, the market for digital assets is growing quickly. We've seen transactions in um, jurisdictions like Luxembourg. Uh, in the UK, we can see that um, those transactions are coming relatively soon. And, and I think my expectation is that digital assets will be relatively mainstream um, or approaching the mainstream in around that 12-month time horizon. Yeah. Thanks, Charles. That's really interesting, and we're hearing a lot of from our contacts that regulators are looking at this really seriously and how they can tokenize that. So, really interesting. Um, Charles, thank you very much for joining us today and sharing your insights for our listeners, and thank you for our listeners for tuning in. Thanks, Charles. Yeah.